Hey, Work Positive Nation, so you've heard about emotional intelligence, but have you ever wondered how emotional intelligence can revolutionize performance, your performance, in fact? In this episode of the Work Positive Podcast, I'm talk with a trailblazer in harnessing emotional intelligence for remarkable results. He has a remarkable track record, in fact, including ownership of the EQ Network Group on LinkedIn with over 150,000 active members. So go there and join up. He's also a master certified coach, teaches at Columbia Teachers College, the Summer Principals Academy, and Antioch University's Education and Social Emotional Learning Program. He impacts professionals worldwide with practical tools to quantify and maximize emotional intelligence value. His influence extends way beyond that to major organizations like FedEx, Microsoft, Intel, and even the UN. He empowers them to elevate outcomes through emotional intelligence. Now, as you listen in, you'll notice he's making cutting-edge neuroscience relatable and actionable, resulting in compassionate, wisdom-driven leadership. So sit up, lean in, and let's grow a more positive work culture in this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast, my new best friend, Josh Friedman. Josh, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast, man. Thank you, Dr. Joey, and good to meet you all. Uh, and all y'all. Good to all meet all. all. Right. We, we were having a conversation about the intricacies of uh, the Southern lexicon earlier. So. <laughs> yeah, not that I know anything about it, right? Uh, I admire your work. Uh, you're amazing. You're transforming so many persons' lives individually, but as well as work cultures around the world. In case you have yet to go on LinkedIn, jump into Josh's group there. It's the EQ, right? Uh, we're talking all about emotional intelligence today, obviously, as you heard me talk about in the intro. So um, also in the show notes, you'll find information about his website, sixseconds.org backslash business. You can get a copy of free, absolutely free, uh, a new book there that Josh has put out. And if you want to go wherever fine books are sold, you can pick up At the Heart of Leadership. And all that's in the show notes. So you can click through and go by that because we know you're like on the Peloton or walking your dog or something, right? So uh, it's there waiting for you when you're ready to go. So, uh, man, let's jump right on in it. First up, how do we attract top talent? You've you've had an amazing story recently on your own of attracting top talent, right? Yeah, I was so surprised. We posted an entry-level job, and in an hour, we had 50 applicants. And I've been hearing from people that they're they're struggling to attract talent. And we we ended up with uh, over 150 applicants for this job. Uh, and it's part and, time, right? Yeah. Like 10 to 20 hours a week, entry level salary. And we had we had an MD apply. We had several PhDs apply. What? And like, <laughs> so I'm writing to people and saying, so, you know, pardon me. Uh, for asking this so directly, but you seem yeah. way overqualified. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you an MD. A little bit applying more? for this position. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the people said, you know, I read the description and your team sounds like my dream team. Wow. And I would just love to be able to work for an organization that has such a clear purpose and nice people. <laughs> I know. And I think 
you know, at some fundamental level, I think, especially after the, I was going to use a bad word, but the mess of the last few years, I think people are just, they just are tired of the BS. And it's like, can we just have a positive environment? Mm. And I'm willing to make sacrifices and make it work if mm. I have an environment that I feel good about and feel mm. good in. Wow. And and I think your anecdote illustrates a great truth right now. And that is the level of dissatisfaction is across the board. It's yeah. way beyond blue collar, which we would tend to think about that as. But when a medical care provider starts applying for a part-time entry-level position that is that isolated? I don't think so, Josh. Well, I mean, the data is pretty clear. Uh, you, you mentioned when we were talking earlier about the uh, SHRM data, but mm -hmm. we see it all over the world. We just are, we've been releasing data from our research, um, our new um, report on emotional intelligence is randomized sampling from 140 countries. Mm. Um, Gallup's data from around the same, like all over the world, we're seeing people saying, like, I want something different. Wow. So what are they looking for when they want something different? You mentioned two or three uh, key characteristics there that make up dream teams. What are you seeing? Well, one of our pieces of research is on organizational vitality. Mm -hmm. And our last report on that, we looked at teams, particularly before and after 2020, mm. and kind of seeing, well, what differentiated teams that were high performing? And one of the key factors was joy. Oh. And I know that sounds a little fluffy, but you know, yeah, like sounds squishy, but <laughs> right. But this is the work positive podcast. Like maybe... <laughs> so we're by nature squishy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just saying maybe people who are listening to this kind of have a clue that emotions <laughs> might be important and that be. positive, uplifting energy, yeah, uh, joy and trust. Mm. And what we call celebration, but which is really about learning, being mm. in that state. Like, yeah, we we try things, we succeed, we fail, we celebrate our progress and we learn. Mm. But joy was the number one. Mm. And if you think about it from like, what is joy? Joy is about unleashing. Joy means neurobiologically, joy means that it's beyond our minimum requirements are met. We feel happy when okay. when our minimum requirements are met. Yeah. We feel joy, you know, when that grandchild laughs. We feel joy when like something is beyond our expectations. We feel joy when we eat, you know, go out to a meal and it's like, wow, that was something really special. Mm -hmm. So if we could have that at work, like you just think about how much energy is unleashed. Mm. But the other piece of this is we found that when people feel that combination of kind of this uplifting energy for a reason. Wow. And if we are doing work that matters together with people that we feel a sense of connection and allyship, we are working together on something that matters. Mm. And if your people, if you say to them, are you working together on something that matters? And they say, heck yes, wow. you are going to have no talent problems. Wow. I mean, you know, people are complicated and messy and we always have 
We are work to do. (laughs) But you're going to attract people and keep people if that's you know they on Monday morning they wake up on fire to come to work because they are doing work that matters with people that they feel good working with. That's real simple. And and that work that matters, uh, and, and perhaps this is an oversimplification, but it just seems to me that that work that matters is a connection between my daily task and the company mission. So my personal purpose finds fulfillment in the company mission and belonging also is a huge part of that connectedness between daily task and company mission. Yes, as is trust. Hmm. So we measure something we call pursue noble goals. which is one of the competencies in our emotional intelligence model. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what we've seen in the last few years is globally scores on that have gone down. And that's, it's not just having a sense of purpose, but it's feeling the efficacy to pursue it. Can I put my purpose into action? Mm -hmm. And when people have that, they have exactly what you're talking about. Like I, there's an alignment between what I'm doing in my day to day and what I want to be doing, what I want to contribute to the world, what I want my legacy to be. And it's a learnable skill, but it is affected by the context and the environment. And so when we have people in the state, which we could describe as an emotional recession or human energy crisis at work, Mm. which is leading to the burnout, which is leading to this kind of sense of ennui or emptiness or just like blah, (laughs) right? Part of that is a disconnection from self, disconnection from each other, but also disconnection from purpose. And I would say, based on our data, if I was uh, well, I am leading an organization. Wait, you can attract uh, MDs to entry level <laughs> positions too. So, <laughs> I would say it's time to double down on the purpose of the work and uh-huh. be really clear. And if you don't know that yourself, if you're not super clear on it, that there is a compelling reason for this work, that this work is about doing something in the world you're going to have a really hard time lifting people up in that area. And mm. and that's going to make your talent problems a lot messier. Hmm. So step one is to get clear in your own mind as a leader and heart, since we're talking squishy here, right? Maybe. Thank you. I was just going to say the exact same thing, because do we feel that purpose? Yeah. There's so many organizations which like have this like fancy thing on the wall. And it's like, yeah, um, I sort of know those words. And it's the way <laughs> uh, mission thingy thingy, yeah, the, yeah. the global blah, blah thing. It's like, yeah, okay. And and do you feel it? Mm. Uh. Well, we went off for a weekend and we came up with these great phrases, you know. We, we really paid cool. some marketing company to That's make it, it. sound we really good. We, you know, we paid over six figures for those three sentences on the wall there. But that, why are you asking me, how does it make me feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in one of my books um, called Inside Change, uh, Chip Conley, who um, is a really interesting um, hospitality hotelier and a really, really cool guy. He talked about this, this feeling the vision. Mm. And in that book, we talk about what is it that facilitates change? Why do people change? Why do organizations change? Mm. And the lever is purpose, but it's, it's not something, you know, or it's not only something, you know, if you don't feel it, you don't change. 
Yeah, and feeling certainly is a matter of the heart, but it seems to me, Josh, that the gut gets involved too. And that's where I make my decisions. And then I backfill, you know, with my feelings. And then ultimately I feel like I have to dress out the backfilling with something cognitively to say, well, here's why this makes sense. But I mean, don't you think it's in the gut? Because when you're talking about joy, I mean, Mm. I think of joy in the heart, but joy is really in the gut, man. It's a visceral thing that I I may not necessarily be able to describe because it's such a part of me. Happiness, on the other hand, seems to be so contextually based Mm. that when my granddaughter runs into my arm screaming, pops, you know, and jumps up Mm. on me, that's some happiness in that moment. Now, does it activate my joy? Yeah. But even when I'm away from her, I experience joy just by saying her name, you know, or hearing pops. I mean, is, is that a distinction that you see in your research? So the reason we're called six seconds is in part because emotions are chemicals in our brains and bodies. Mm-hmm. Those chemicals last for about six seconds. So again, neurobiologically, what's happening is these chemicals are affecting every living cell. And they change the electrical set points of our cells. They change mm. everything in our in our bodies, including our brains are part of our bodies, right? Uh, they change the way we're functioning. And the reason is to help us adapt to the opportunities and threats in our environment. And there's tons of opportunities and threats in our workplaces. And how do we stand? <laughs> Who are we connected with? And Maybe not necessarily in that order, right? <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of frustrations to grapple with. But mm. joy is something, I mean, I would say that all of these emotions, as they start to come into our bodies, we literally feel them. Mm. And it's interesting. In English, we say, you know, I feel like, you know, I feel the pen is smooth. Right. I feel joy. (laughs) There is a sensory quality to it, which, again, I think what's happening is the chemicals are going into our bloodstream. They're affecting the different cells in our bodies and they start affecting us. And we start to feel that and we feel it as as energy. We feel it as motivation. Mm. Emotions move us. and, And that's why they're so central to change and to culture and to leadership. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not moving people, if people aren't like actually affected, mm. it's just an abstract, it's an idea. Oh, it but really is. It, I liken it to the difference between transaction and transformation. Yes. If, if I'm just, I'm paying you a paycheck, I want to capture 70% of your waking hours, at least, right? If you'll give me more for the same money, I'll take that too. Mm-hmm. And, and then I want a widget to come out or mm-hmm. a project or a spreadsheet or something to come out of that, as opposed to transformation, which is that connection of purpose to joy. Yeah. I think this shift is, it's tough because we have built so many businesses around a transactional understanding of how, you know, a kind of behaviorist approach. Mm-hmm. Does the name Skinner ring a bell? You know, like yeah. the, the <laughs> name Pablo ring, ring a bell. A bell. <laughs> I, I need something to eat. <laughs> but this notion that like people are just essentially machines. Yes. Really pervaded thinking in, in the West 
in the early 1900s. And so much of management theory, so much behavior theory comes out of that notion. Mm. And even the term human resources, mm. right? Like, are they really resources? You know, and you hear a lot of companies, even the way we do our accounting, because <laughs> literally on the, on the balance sheet, people are a cost and machines are assets. <laughs> So there's just something about the way we've constructed our thinking around yeah. around people that is in some way dehumanizing. And I think that's why leave emotions out of it is such bad business advice. Mm. Well, because we've we, done that, right? We've done that. We've proven it years. doesn't work. <laughs> well, I mean, unless, you know, 30% of people engaged is your criteria for success if, if that's you know. your target or less you know <laughs> if you're okay with 70 percent of your employees looking for a new job today then yeah just go right on with that Have old fun with that <laughs> yeah well my friend larry levine uh, from selling from the heart talks about soft skills drive hard dollars mm-hmm. and and he's a sales guy you know so if as he understands that because to talk about the relational aspect i think the rest of us can see it as well if the sales guys are seeing it (laughs) yes i love larry and all the sales guys um however it it's back to transaction versus transformation it's back from assembly line mentality right to what i think Josh, and I'd love to hear you weigh in on this. What I think is an amazing opportunity that's going on for a couple of reasons. And I refer to it as the great redefinition. Mm. I think we're redefining work. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I are close to the same age. So we boomers um, subscribe to pretty much the same theory that our, our parents did in terms of work. However, millennials somewhat, Gen Z somewhat, but then those true digital natives that are coming along behind them they've seen the devastation in our lives. I mean, our generation has the highest divorce rate, highest suicide rate, you know, on and on and on. We can talk about unhealthy living, right? Mm -hmm. The effects of that stress. So they're saying, yeah, okay. I know how that plays out. However, here's what I need belonging and becoming Mm -hmm. and empathy. And, you know, I no longer separate personal and professional development. I am a person. So for me, it really strikes to to go back to your earlier um, statement about joy. It really strikes a chord with the joy de vivre that we're all really looking for, which fuels innovation and creativity, which are the competitive advantages in the world today, especially in a world that's becoming more and more augmented and dependent on artificial intelligence. One of the times I got to visit your part of the country uh, was working with the U.S. Navy and Marine Corps and Coast Guard. And uh, it's interesting. The Marines talk a lot about emotions. They don't use the word emotions. Uh They don't call them emotions. They call it ura. (laughs) They call it esprit. They call it head in the game. But it's all, they understand, like one of our sayings at Six Seconds, uh, you mentioned at the heart of leadership, I talk about this this there, emotions drive people, people drive performance. Mm. And that joie de vivre, that esprit, that oura, or hoorah if you're in the Navy, is, <laughs> it's that human energy. Yes. Right? And that drives our commitment to go beyond. Mm, it fuels it and and to the point of innovation and creativity 
Joshua Friedman is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Hey, flip over right now to sixseconds.org backslash business. You can use the number or spell the word sixseconds.org backslash business. Uh, and, ju- and just look there as you're listening or re-listening to this podcast. So the challenge today is to uh, transform rather than transact. The challenge today is to recognize the humanity of persons and create a context in which they can thrive. What are some of the challenges, Josh, on the way to doing that, that Work Positive Nation is going to butt their head up against pretty early on? Most organizational cultures are deeply immersed in a transactional model. Mm. Uh, Most people have come up and learned, you know, to do it a particular way. I remember working with a, a casino one time and one of the senior managers, we'd been working on empathy and he comes back to me after a week and he says, yeah, I tried this empathy thing. It just, it's just not authentic for me. I'm like, I tried okay. this empathy thing. I love it. <laughs> right? Tell me, tell me more about that. Yeah. Can you tell me a little more about that. And he tells me a little more about it. And so at the end, after a while I said to him, so look, Joe, what I'm hearing you say is that you've spent 40 years interacting with people a particular way, and you spent a week trying this other way, and this new way feels awkward to you and uncomfortable. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So do you think it could be that it's just new and it might take you longer than a week? Maybe. To get good at something that's really different than what you've done for 40 years. Uh, I guess it's possible. <laughs> you know, so. Josh, it's not that we old dogs can't learn new tricks. It's that we got to unlearn the old tricks first, right? And literally, we've like got layers and layers and layers of of, of brain maps. Our, our, the way our brains learn is by making these new maps mm-hmm. and layering them. And we've we've learned and we've dedicated all these neurons to the things that we used to do absolutely because they give safety to our environment we trust them because they work we've done them for 40 years and we've not gotten eaten by a saber-toothed tiger yet right and and they're familiar Mm. and even when we know like i know that this isn't going to get me the result i want Uh but when we're stressed when we feel that urgency when oh i don't have time we go back to those deeper maps. It's a default. It's a default. It's literally we've wired our brain a particular way. And our brains love efficiency. Our brains are seeking, like, let me make it easier for you. And the way we make it easier is to do what we've done before. Yep. But this is why like, change is work. Mm. And it's emotional work. And it takes slowing down. It takes focusing. It takes reinforcing I want to just just sell this a little more, though, that, uh, you know, Gallup has found that 23% higher profit mm-hmm. from uh, businesses with engaged employees. Yes. And our research in that business case you mentioned, 76% of employee engagement is predicted by managers' emotional intelligence. Wow. 76%. Yes. Of, of worker engagement is predicted by the manager's emotional engagement. 
Wow. So you can imagine a manager with poor emotional intelligence. They ignore I don't have to issues. Imagine, Josh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> no, I don't. See, and, and everybody listening, they, they don't have to imagine. I, we we've been either with been that, that person been in that or team, right? For that person, that's right. <laughs> and we left that person. <laughs> we thought we did. But we tried. Went to to the next job, and there he was again. (laughs) Oh, bless us! Yeah, it's uh, that manager. You don't. Maybe they do care, but you don't feel they care. Mm. Well, then, what good is it to suggest they care if I don't feel it? And and they might understand, but you don't like. They don't. You don't can't tell they hear you. You know, and they're just they're reacting. Mm. And that's not going to help you navigate this complexity. No. In contrast, you imagine the opposite. And if you've been lucky enough to to work with or for somebody who brings that out in you, yeah. who's like, you know, tuned in and authentic and stable and focused. And it's not just nice. <laughs> right. It's not just right. like, oh, you know, oh, yeah. Like, I like talking to Joey, but uh-huh. there's. There's a purpose that we have here. Yep. And I actually think, you know, you, you're a great example of this because like here we've been having this fun conversation uh-huh. and yet it's not just fun. No. Right. You keep bringing it to why does this matter? Where are we going? Yep. It's meaningful and it's significant. And, and I want to give my work to something that's important because that importance then accords me the sense of I matter. And so my whole self-identity gets wrapped up into the significance of what we're doing. I'll just put in a plug here. I just uh, wrote a course on workplace well-being. Mm. And many of you will have seen uh, the U.S. Surgeon General released a framework for workplace mental health and well-being. And what we've been talking about is central to that framework. And and the course is all about how do you take this framework and make it actionable as a manager? Mm. Uh, this piece about having a sense of purpose is linked to dignity. It's linked mm. to the dignity of work. And that sense, like I am doing work for a reason. It's partly for my family. It's partly for my community. It's partly for my, for, for, for my own growth, but there's something that matters and that sense of mattering is deeply connected with, with well-being. Mm. And to my self-identity, and as I as I interact with those on my team, I'm looking for external confirmation of that internal experience, that internal affirmation of who I am. And so it becomes a dialogue, really, right, around what's important here. Hmm. So I, I got to ask you, this, this question just popped in my head. I think this is fascinating. And I can answer this too. Um, who did you work for that turned you on to the importance mm. of this? Well, the president of Six Second, she's in her 80s. I, and I, I started working for her mm. uh, 30 years ago. Uh, 30 plus years ago, 30 some years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um She's somebody who leads with love. Mm. She is very, un, very unusual. She's very, very, uh, very smart, but and uh, has a sense of a vision. But what I would say is, like when you are talking to her, you matter. Mm. 
And she has said to me so many times, like, well, I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with you. <laughs> I remember the first time I went overseas to negotiate a contract for six seconds. And this is before we had, you know, free instant communication all over the world. And so <laughs> she said to me, you know, and I'm like, Annabelle, I don't quite know what's going to happen. And she's like, I just want you to know I'm there standing shoulder to shoulder with you. You're going to be the one who's there. You're going to make the best decisions that you can. And I am standing shoulder to shoulder with you. I got your back. Wow. And as a young at that time, <laughs> as a younger person kind of going out, you know, to Singapore and negotiating a deal was stunning to me wow. to like feel that sense that I wasn't alone in that meeting. Mm. Oh, I think you put your finger on the pulse of something right there. That is so important. We aren't here to be alone. We're mm. created to be in relationship, to be on teams, to be in families. And so as a leader, to communicate presence, even without being physically present, because obviously that was a very real metaphor for you. As you were in Singapore negotiating that deal, you could feel Annabelle there beside yeah. you, right? Well, I'll take that a step further. I Many times I've been... Um, presenting, facilitating, coaching in, in some tough situations. Mm-hmm. And people say to me, like, well, how do you, how do you, you know, stay so calm? How do you stay so energized? How do you stay so focused in these environments? And the answer is, I am not alone in this. I might be the only one in the room mm-hmm. from my team, but I know I have an incredible group of people that I work with. Mm. And I feel that sense of connectedness. And when I'm out there doing the work that I do, um, it's more fun when we're in the room together. But even when we're not in the room together, I can feel that sense of community, of connection, of shared aligned purpose. Mm. And having a team all over the world and having people who we have team members in 25 plus countries and, and they're Every single one of them, I would love to hang out with. I would love to go have a beer. I'd love to just sit down and chat. I'd love to go for a walk. And like having people like that who uplift and inspire and help bring out the best in me. Yes. It's a reciprocal relationship Mm. of our shared purpose. And I feel it. Mm. Mm. Sometimes we stand shoulder to shoulder. Sometimes we stand on others' shoulders. Yeah. And especially in, I think, actually early in the pandemic, it was that sense of like, I'm here supporting my people and they're supporting me Mm. was so vivid to me Mm. because there were days when I just didn't see a way through. Oh, no. Yeah. And they did. A range of options were narrowed, but. You were released from that mental prison knowing that others were around you. Joshua Friedman is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Uh, Joshua, how's the best way for Work Positive Nation to reach out to you? I mentioned the website, sixseconds.org backslash business. Uh, is there a contact form or something on there that we can use Absolutely. to reach out to you? Yeah, and I, um, I'm happy to connect with people on LinkedIn. I'm there every day kind of linking in we have a super active group with and now it's like 180,000 people on oh, in the wow. group. 
so I really encourage you to come and explore and join. And I, you know, for me, this sense, like we're trying to build community around this work. Mm-hmm. And so if, kind of engaging with emotions in a way that's smart, being strategic with your own emotions and the emotional energy in your organization. Mm. If that appeals to you, come play with us. And if you want to hire us, fantastic. If you want to just get some free ideas, do that. (laughs) But uh, there's a lot we can do uh, that works to to lift up the best in our organizations and our people and really build organizations that are fit for humans. Oh, I love that. There's something you can get excited about, Work Positive Nation. Build an organization that's fit for humans. I love it. All right. Work Positive Nation always wants to know from my guest, Josh, about one thing that they can do. What's their dot, as I call it, the do one thing that they can do today, starting today. And just one thing that they can do mm-hmm. starting today to create a positive work culture. <laughs> the next time somebody expresses an emotion, just say, thanks for sharing that with me. We tend to try to fix or solve or whether, you know, whether it's a, a kind of emotion that's about opportunity, like excitement or uh, an emotion about a threat, like fear, we tend to kind of fix those or try to do something with those or take responsibility for it. Try this experiment. Just say, thank you for sharing that with me. Mm you will find that it is incredibly opens up an incredible next step of awareness and connection. Work positive nation file that one under sounds simple. Isn't easy (laughs) because our instinctual reaction is to fix it, as you said, or to judge it based on we're back to the familiar thoughts now based on my bias confirmation and my mental constructs around that very thing. Just receive it. Leave it right there and and in gratitude, receive it. Mm, that's beautiful, Josh. Thank you so you, much again. If, Josh, you, want next, if you want a next step, if you want a next step, if you want a next step. Okay. Like, if, you can't, if you can't just stop with that, you can <laughs> say, you can't because it's real hard to just stop there. But if you want a next step, you can say, would you like to tell me more about it? Mm. It's one of my favorite coaching questions. Yes. Would you like to tell me more about it? And the answer might be no, and the answer might be yes, but it's it really will shift your interaction with people to a next level. And that's a great use of a close-ended question, too, because you don't want to just jump up in there and say, tell me more about that. You, know, you want to gain their permission. I love it. I love it. Mm. Six seconds. Whether you spell the word or use the number six seconds.org backslash business takes you to the same place. Um, check out at the heart of leadership. That's Josh's book. You're going to absolutely love it. Thank you so much. I'm better for this conversation today. And I know that work positive nation is too. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you. I'm feeling that work positive. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the work positive podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about, and you can start transforming your conversations today. 
Remember, it pays to work positive.